You're listening to Paper Airplanes, a podcast where we explore the lives and stories of healthcare travelers all over the country. Travelers, we have a big announcement to share with you. If you've been listening to our recent episodes, you'll hear me mention our Fusion Storytellers campaign. We are launching this campaign today, so here's what you need to know. We want to hear all about your fun, crazy, wild stories as a traveler. Your story could win you a four-night tropical vacay, seriously. All you need to do is shoot a video on your phone, post it to Instagram, and hashtag it with Fusion Storytellers. First place wins a four-night tropical vacation, second place wins a $300 Starbucks gift card, and third place wins a Fusion swag bag. Our first Fusion storytellers on the podcast today are Kevin and Jessa. They've been traveling together for a few years, and they created a really awesome video when they were on their last assignment in San Diego. You can see their video on Paper Airplane's Facebook page to get an idea of the kinds of awesome videos we're looking for. So. Get out those phones, start posting your stories, and you could win. Today on the PA Pod, Kevin and Jessa share a few stories about how they've handled some turbulent travel weather, including a Montana snowstorm, a California rock slide, and Hurricane Harvey. They also give us the inside scoop on their grading scale for finding the best chicken fried steak. I'm trying to convince Jessa to start an Instagram or a blog ranking the best chicken fried steak meals she's had across the country. I personally think this would come in handy for myself, but also several of you travelers out there may want the insight, right? Hi, I'm Jessa and I'm here with Kevin. Hello. And uh, we're a traveling couple, and we've been traveling for the past two years in January, and we've been with Fusion for... About a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And we met in our CLS program about four years ago, and we've been together ever since. (laughs) Um, We're currently in Ventura, California, Mm -hmm. and we just extended here, so we'll be here at least for a total of six months. At least till February. Yeah. Yeah. So where have you guys all traveled to so far? So our first contract was in Wolf Point, Montana, like very far northeast Montana, um, and it was the second week of January. Um, so we were there for four four months, and then after that we came to California. We went to Crescent City, California. Uh, we stayed there for about, I want to say six or seven months, and then we went down to San Diego. We stayed in San Diego for yeah, another, yeah, another six, six months. months, and then after San Diego, we uh, we came up to Ventura, and we're here now. So anything really, I just can't handle spice as long as it's not spicy. Mm-hmm. Lately, we've been on a Thai food kick. I think we talked about oh how you guys got started in traveling because you have family that travels too, right? You have like. Yeah, Kevin's uh, did, yeah. brother-in-law. My brother-in-law. Okay. Matt, uh, the the McGinn's. They well, they they traveled for for I think they did one contract. Yeah. They might have extended. Yeah. And, We've yeah. had them on the podcast actually. We had them a couple yeah. a couple episodes back. They were on the podcast. 
I remember we made that link, and I was like, oh, that's who they were talking about. They were talking about you guys, and they were telling stories. So, yeah, that's really mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, um, so we got, we got started traveling. I mean, I, I knew that I I wanted to, to travel whenever I was still in school. And so whenever Jessica and I started dating, I kind of started to try and convince her to. So after we finished school, we both um, took jobs as generalists just to hone and, and sharpen our skills. So we put in, you know, about a year and a half as a generalist and then um, quit our jobs, left them and headed up to, well, to our first assignment in Montana. But I think I had contacted Fusion while I was still in school. Like, I, I remember talking to Jess and she's like, yeah, you, you're going to need some more experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was, I was I was definitely ready to go. Yeah, it was. Um, um, it was, took a little while to get to get Jessa on board, though. She yeah, I needed a, a bit more convincing. I was a little nervous with the whole kind of like the uncertainty. Yeah, then kind of like uncertainty having to apply to each position and only last for like three months. But I kind of yeah, this adventure of things, and <laughs> it's been it's been great. Oh yeah, nice. Nice. What is one of, okay, so if you had to tell, like, one of the craziest stories or fun, most most fun stories or um, the wackiest story that you have from traveling, what, what, would, what would you say? <laughs> it, would, it would have to be whenever we were in Montana. Uh, we were in a very small town, and we're both foodies, so you don't really have many options for food while you're in a small town of, you know, just a couple thousand people. So we booked a flight for um, on a, on Valentine's Day to go to Billings, Montana, which is like the closest large city uh, nearby. So we woke up early that morning, drove to the airport, and it was 34 below zero. And both of us coming from Texas, I had never experienced that kind of cold before. So I didn't know if we were going to fly. I didn't know if the plane was able to fly it's a little tiny Cessna with like six feet and we show up and um pack in there after after the, the pilots ask you know what our weight is they had to weigh our bags so that they could balance the plane and and we took off and uh, as we're flying I, re- I looked at one of the the pilots and in front of him was a little handwritten instructions. I don't know if they were if they were directions <laughs> on where he needs to go or how to fly the plane. I honestly didn't know how we were if we were going to get off that plane alive. But um we did. It was it was a great time. We went to Billings and um got some food and had had a really good time. What did you have to eat in Billings? Mm. <laughs> Chicken fried steak. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes, is, we have yes, to talk is. about this. <laughs> Take it away. Oh. I just, so I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna I'm gonna preface it. Yeah. <laughs> I know because we talked about this the last time, so I'm gonna preface this on the podcast that um, we recorded this already, but we lost the recording um, due to a technical error, and she had this amazing story about all of these chicken fried plates, chicken fried steak places that she visits. So, um, so we need to, we need to talk about that. So tell me about the chicken fried steak. I mean, it just started out, I just really like chicken fried steak, and so 
it's become this thing even before I met Kevin and that was like four years four years ago it would be if I ever come across a chicken fried steak on in a restaurant I have to get it like for the first if that's the first time I'm there and I see it on the menu I have to get it and so I and then we've kind of come up with like uh, over the years over the many plentiful years of country fried steak I've we've developed like kind of like a criteria for rating chicken fried steak based on like first like you kind of you judge by like I guess like the meat quality like sometimes like in chicken fried steaks you come kind of come across like some like rubbery bits yeah and so it's, like, you judge with meat quality whether the meat kind of had shrunk inside the thing because I know sometimes you kind of cut into the edge and then you you're met with just like breading because all the meat just yep. kind of shriveled up so there's that and then how much or how crunchy the chicken fried steak is, like, after after a few minutes. And then you can also grade just how good the gravy is, how good, like, the sides are. So you kind of kind of grade how good the value is for how much you paid for it. We go through and analyze okay. yeah. and, and yeah. great depth. Like, I added that last, uh, <laughs> whole, like, Bangford's book thing because I went to one where it was it was a really good – chicken fried steak and they had like a jalapeno gravy bacon gravy kind of sauce which was so good but it was a 16 dollar awesome. 16 dollar chicken fried steak and it didn't come with any sides like when they, it's just a big plate with like this massive chicken fried steak on it and then that's it like i'm just like wow okay chicken fried steak's good but like 16 dollars for like a sad looking plate but maybe it was all it was all like the secret of the jalapeno gravy. Maybe that's they were just like, "Hey, this uh, is our this is our specialty. <laughs> <laughs> we're given that. We're given that." Yeah, it was, that's funny. It was pretty good gravy though. Yeah, I've, I've come across like a like a kind of it was like a weird cheese gravy, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. But that place with the cheese gravy that like made it to my like top three, and they I found out they closed down. No. Oh, that's so bad. Yep. So um, then, no more of that one. So was the jalapeno gravy one the top one of the top, or what was your what was the best? Like, what was your top rated chicken fried steak that you've had There's so one far in San Antonio, and it's at a place called the Canyon Cafe. And there's this pretty solid, and then they're ma- it comes with mashed potatoes, and those mashed potatoes are really good too, like some fancy mashed potatoes. But yeah, Canyon Cafe has solid chicken fried steak. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little That's sad awesome. because I feel like San Diego doesn't have, like, I it's not as I feel like it's not as common here to have country fried steak or chicken fried steak. Yeah. Yeah, like Texas, Texas, they're everywhere. Here, I what's think the one. One of them? Yeah, I think I've, like, out of all the places we've been, I've only seen one chicken fried steak. And it was, eh, it was average. It wasn't that impressive. Man. Well, what do you guys have when you're, uh, like, in California? Like, what is the, what is the, the meal of choice while you're there? Oh, we eat everything. Thai food, Indian food, Vietnamese. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more Asian food places. Yeah, Asian, yeah, we're, we're really usually down for Asian food places. Yeah. But we also eat Italian and oh, occasional, like, you know, pub brewery food. Yeah, pub grub. So what is another travel story that you guys have? I mean, we have the Montana story, but, like, I guess give me some details about the Montana story. So, like, how long was the flight? 
that the crazy flight with the guy in the map. And the <laughs> Yeah, how long was that? I think it was an hour. It was yeah, an hour was, flight. It was about an hour flight. It wasn't that. Uh, and, and they actually told us when it's that cold that usually turbulence is like really low mm-hmm. because it's kind oh, of okay. thick, so steady. Mm-hmm. And so it was a pretty smooth flight too. It was yeah, surprisingly smooth. And then I'm, I mean, once we got there, I was still pretty new to driving in the snow. I mean, living oh, yeah. living down south, I had no idea. So I rented, I mean, we got this rental car. <laughs> and I'm, I swear I'm, like, sliding around all over the place in this car. And uh, <laughs> obviously got the extra insurance on it. So we go uh, go to our hotel, drop everything off, and then we go out to, to get some food. And as soon as we, you know, I, I park the car, we go in and eat, I come out, and the person right next to us had had door dinged right in the side of it. I was just like, "Oh man, really?" <laughs> no, the, yeah. the side of the rental. No. Yeah, right in the side of the rental. They just nailed it with their door. So that was that was tough. That was rough. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> At least it didn't smash into the, like the side of your car because there's been. Yeah. I mean, growing up here in Omaha, there's a lot of um, a lot of snow, a lot of ice. Um, it gets kind of hilly sometimes. You wouldn't think, like, it's very hilly here, but it is. Um, and, yeah, so people just kind of ice skating with their cars, so to speak, to work. So um, many it. a time, many a time yeah. I've been so close to just mashing into someone's parked car, like, <laughs> on a hill, just like, I'm sorry, I have no control over my vehicle. I'm going to try really hard, but, yeah. So, yeah, what do you what do you do in that situation? Just I mean, just hold on and, and let it ride. Like, I mean, it really it's, it's it depends on the situation. Um, for me, the neighborhood that I live in is very hilly, so I you try to steer, but like if you're steering to the right, you're gonna fishtail to the left. Mm, um, yeah. So you just sort of. Sometimes it's just like a moment where you just take your like the more you put your foot on the brake, the more you're gonna slide. So sometimes you just you just take your foot off of the brake and just kind of let it let it go and try to like control <laughs> the front of the car as best as you can. Um, I don't know. There's not really a good answer for that. I should have a good answer for that. Spending <laughs> decades driving in this, but I just really don't have a good a good solution. Um, Sounds like you, you got a better of, idea than I do. You just sort of like, yeah, just like blindfold yourself, close your eyes, go down a hill, it's fine. Um, no, don't do that. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of it. And, like, that and just basically, like, really, really getting a running start on, like, going up a hill. Because if you get okay. stuck, that's the problem is when, like, you're going up a hill and there's people behind you and you can't oh. get up the hill and you're trying to steer. Oh, yeah. Um, Sometimes I've seen many times where people will just they'll start sliding backwards, <laughs> and you're just like no. So it's just it can cause a lot of a lot of drama with the cars behind you. Um, that's always a fun time, but it's always the people that aren't like gunning it up the hill. You know, they're always like, oh, I'm just gonna like drive cautiously, and it's like yeah, but like when you're going up a hill, you have to just rev rev it all up and just go and just don't no stopping, like just go. Um, yeah, otherwise you're never going to make it up the hill. So that's always yeah. the fun thing is maneuvering the hills. But a door ding, did you get, so did they, what did the rental place say about that? 
<laughs> so the 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 car was covered in snow whenever we returned it. So they actually never noticed the door ding. It was awesome. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was that's like, hey, strategy. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they looked. I didn't see it. They didn't see it. It was okay. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm going to return this and run really fast before you change your mind. Yeah. Great. Flight's <laughs> leaving. Gotta go. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, so not used to the snow. Um, what are some other, yeah. like, what, is there anything else, like, logistically, like, a story that sticks out in your mind that was, like, hard to, like, deal with the weather or just the logistics of traveling or traveling as a couple? Like, how's how's that? Um, logistics of the weather, when we were leaving Crescent City, it was, in December, and we were trying to make it home before Christmas. Yeah, and so that's that's Northern California, so that's like almost to Oregon, so super cloudy. Okay. Gloomy. And once October hits, it's just endless, endless like rain or sprinkling rain, kind of just but just always dreary. Just nonstop. And so we were actually there's there's like two ways to get out of Crescent City. You can take 101 South, which that was our plan, or you can go 199 north and basically go all the way up into Oregon and then loop back down. So there was a, a pretty large storm coming in. Um, the seas were rising. It was getting pretty brutal. And everybody was like, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to get out. It's, um, you know. They get, they get a bunch of land, a rock slide. Yeah, so 199 was down because they had rock slides there. Oh, and wow. the ocean was actually starting to come up and over 101. So we were like, all right, the high, like I was I was looking at tidal charts and everything. I was like, all right, high tide is at like six a.m. So we had to pack up and get out of there at like three. So we're cruising out of there at like three in the morning. Um, Jesse, you were in your car, weren't you? Oh yeah, you were in yeah. the Mazda, and then I was in the the motorhome. And so we're going along, and she's in front of me, and I see her kind of like swerving around the road. And there was there were there was driftwood and rocks and the the waves had basically already started coming up over the ocean. So oh, wow! We were able to, sorry, the, the uh, over the road the the waves started coming yeah, over so the road. Yeah, so there's so much yeah debris on the road, and so he's driving this RV, and I was just like, <laughs> I hope he sees that I'm stopping and trying to like go go like slowly over this Maneuver over this through yeah. Basically just got out, I mean, just in time, because it ended up getting up over the road, and I don't yeah. I think if we would have stayed another day or two, it would have, it would have locked us in for, for a while, and we would have yeah, been that's what our, late to get to Texas. For that's what our coworkers were saying, it's just like, you guys should probably leave now before you guys get locked in with, mm-hmm. like, the rock slides and the landslides where you're just locked in. <laughs> and oh, wow. That, that's the clear road. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I, how long do you, like, get locked in from, like, a situation like that? I've never, I've never experienced, like, a rock slide situation, so that's new to me. I think it just depends how, how much got into the road. Yeah. And whether it chipped off a part of the road or. <laughs> yeah, Man. 101, part of 101, it's, like, right, you're kind of just, like, there's 101, and then there's a cliff, and there's the ocean. Yeah. Like. It's, I mean, you, you just slide right off if you don't make the turn correctly. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was an interesting time. That was a little nerve-wracking kind of getting out of there. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's. I mean, I would. I would probably be freaking out. I, we have tornadoes here, so that's fine. But like, anytime there's any like a rock slide, I'm like, nope. I don't know. But like, people come from other areas of the country, and they're like tornadoes, like freaking out. But I'm so used to that. I think it's like probably where you're, where you've grown up or been used to like that kind of weather or those kinds of like things that happen. Um, you know, I'm sure people you that like live there are like, yeah, rock slide, it happens. And you're like, uh. <laughs> you say tornado so nonchalantly. Like, yeah, where, where, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. So. <laughs> you guys are like, what? That <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> And now that we're in California, now we have earthquakes and fires. Yeah. So that's what we've – we came from Houston for so that. That's then we scary. had, like, hurricanes and flooding. Yeah, we were in Houston during Hurricane Harvey, so that was, like, a big one that Oh, yeah, day. that was crazy. Wow. What yeah, – uh, how was, like – did you – tell me about that. Yeah, um, so we were we were working at the time. I was actually working at two different hospitals. Uh, I was working at one, like, smaller remote hospital. It's like, a 10-bed hospital down in, like, southeast Texas. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, the the city was basically surrounded by rivers, and so they were slowly coming up. And the CEO of the, the hospital was like, are we going to close? Are we going to stay, you know, are we going to stay open? Do we? What do we do? And at the last minute, they're like, okay, we need to go ahead and ship out all of our patients. We will be closing Evacu- um, yeah, the yeah. city evacuated, right? The whole city evacuated because wow. it, it was just flooding. So I was actually, it was on the weekend, and I was just a, uh, I was working per diem there. And so I was the only one in the lab. Everybody else had, had gone home to prepare their houses. And so I, I get the call from my lab manager, and she's like, hey, you know, we need to go ahead and uh, – start pulling all the files, everything out of the lower cabinets, go ahead and shut down all the analyzers, unplug them, basically move everything up because we're expecting our lab to be underwater. So that was that was crazy. I mean, just going to the lab, I was still pretty new there. <laughs> so going in the lab, yeah. just pulling everything up and, and getting everything as high as possible so that we can try to, um, you know, try and save as much of the, the files as we could. And then I, I went ahead and I, I got out of there. And as I was, you know, driving out, there was one bridge that led out of the, the city. And on each side, you could just see this river, I mean, rushing through. It, was, it wasn't too far away from, from coming up over the bridge. But I was able to, to get home and then actually ended up getting called in from my other job. <laughs> and I stayed oh, wow. there. Yeah, I sit there at the hospital because they they weren't closing. They were actually taking in some of the um, some of the smaller hospitals patients. Mm-hmm. So we had to move the lab um, inside and just ran like a really small stat lab. But I stayed there for I think like four days straight, three yeah, or four days. Slept at the hospital yeah. and everything. <laughs> wow. I mean. I was still on the clock while I was sleeping there, and they fed us, and it was – I didn't have to drive to work. I just went downstairs. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You're like, just, this is all right. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good, and, I mean, having the extra help was probably helpful for everybody down there, too. I know that there was so many people that were, um, yeah. you know, just even coming up from, like, where I'm at, you know, just going down there to help or, like, shipping supplies or, like, doing whatever they could because that was 
That was a that was a big one. Yeah, it was it was really bad. I mean, even the the months afterwards, like you'd drive through Houston and you could just see people like stripping their houses down just to like the frames. Oh, it was unbelievable how. Um, and it was mainly just the flooding. It's like the hurricane winds don't really affect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's not that bad unless you're, like, right on the beach, but it's just that flooding, you know. It was, that was crazy. Yeah, the water damage itself. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Wow. But since we got to California, we've had, I think, one – I've only felt one earthquake, so supposedly we had, like, three bigger ones. I think there was one on, what, either 4th of July or the day after 4th of July? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Kevin's dad had come over. This was when we were in San Diego. So Kevin's dad came over to visit, and we were at the San Diego Zoo. Then all of a sudden, my phone starts just blowing up, and it's my mom and my sister asking if we're okay. And I'm just like, what? Like, what's, yeah, I'm okay. I'm at the zoo. (laughs) What's going on? And they're just like, there's a big, there was a big earthquake. And we're just like, yeah, I feel a thing. Like, that's the worst, too, is when someone's like, hey, are you okay? I saw something on the news, and you're like, wait, what should I be knowing? Should I be knowing this? Like, am I okay? I don't know. (laughs) I was until I got your text message. Oh, no. (laughs) What what place next on the list are you guys wanting to go to? We're not too sure. We've kind of been discussing that, too. Because my original plan was – my my sister just got engaged, so she's get she's getting ma- getting married in o- next October, so October twenty twenty. Oh, okay. So I thought it would be nice if I can get a contract like close to San Antonio because that's where she's at around that time, so I can kind of like help her plan the wedding and I can be there for the wedding. Yeah. Oh, but she kind of recently decided that she wants to get married in Italy. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because my parents, my dad's in the military, and he got stationed in Italy. So my parents are in Italy, and my sister's was like, maybe I should just get married in Italy since you guys are there. And so I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on anymore. That's fun. Uh, Getting I married in Italy is cool. So just a nonchalant, like, oh, I think I'll just go get married in Italy. <laughs> oh, good. I'm not sure how hard it, that's going to be to put together or if it's more expensive than getting married here in the States, but... I don't know. I like if she if she does get married in Italy, I'd like to take like a, a while, like maybe a month off. Yeah, but and spend some time over might there. Might as well enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. That means we don't that need cool. a Tokyo contract anymore. So. Yeah. So we'll that would be cool. It. We don't really have any specific plans to go anywhere. You're just kind of kind of going with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. We, see what's available. We both really like California, um, so I mean, I think we plan on staying here for a little while, but we also just applied for, well, we, we just recently got our, our Hawaii license, so I would, I would love oh, to be cool. I know for um, for a little while there, Jess said there were a couple of them in Hawaii, so we submitted for the license and went through that, you know, went through that process, but didn't hear anything back, so we ended up going up to, to Ventura and just staying in California, so... Maybe before we decide to hang up our, our traveling shoes, I think we'll try to get out to Hawaii at least once. Maybe Alaska, yeah. too. <laughs> Do you guys think that you'll travel for a long time, or what's what's on the uh, what's the future plan, if there is one? I think we will. 
until until we find a, a place that we you know really want to stay and settle down. I think we're going to continue to travel. I don't see um, at least not an, an immediate yeah you know exit game. But yeah, probably at least at least for the next three years. Yeah, maybe three five years. Three, four, five, six. So I don't. <laughs> Support for Paper Airplanes is brought to you by Fusion Medical Staffing. It's hosted and produced by me, Stephanie Gorchowski. Our theme music is by Flashing Lights. Paper Airplanes is a part of Fusion Storytellers. If you're a medical traveler with a story, we want to hear all about it. Why you love traveling, how you got started, and what has impacted your travel life along the way. Don't forget, your video could win you a four-night tropical vacation. So be sure you're posting with the hashtag Fusion Storytellers for a chance to win. If you want to be a part of the podcast, send me an email, podcast at fusionmedstaff.com. We also want you to follow, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the things. You can find us on Facebook at Paper Airplanes Podcast and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, basically wherever you listen. Make sure you're caught up on all of those things to see what our travelers are up to and you can stay in the know. And in the meantime, happy travels.